Smith has it. Knicks down three. Should the Bulls foul? No. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied. All right. Recording this 4.58, the 5th of September. Uh, me and Nolan are back on the pod. But today we're joined by uh, Bono, a uh, special guest today. Uh, come to talk about, you know, different things, the Knicks, you know, the Eastern Conference pitcher, maybe talk a little Ben Simmons. We'll, we'll see how the pod ends up. But um, yeah, like the first question I wanted to ask Bono was uh, pretty much, you know, this year's offseason with the Knicks. Like, I, I, how do you feel bringing back the band, uh, the contracts? Uh, how, how did you feel, Bono? I mean, I love this, uh, this past offseason. It made me like this past season in general, maybe like we fall in love with the Knicks. And uh, it's a perfect offseason, in my opinion. We uh, sold Boston's backcourt. We signed the key guys. And uh, the draft is great. So uh, I'll say like an A-plus offseason, in my opinion. What was your um, – in the draft, uh, how did you feel about how, like, Leon Rose and company went about handling the draft? And like how, What was your uh, reaction on draft night to the way things played out? I mean, I was there in person, and oh. it was – it was wild because, like, all my boys, we all wanted, like, Sharif Cooper because he was right, falling a lot. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. we kept on trading back and back. But looking back on it, we ended up with Grimes, McBride, European guy, Sims. And then we ended up, like, coming out of the draft, like, more draft picks than we entered. So I think we caught, like, a massive W with that. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree with that. I mean, when you see, like, the player, like, I was kind of, like, right there with you. Like, we're – Players like Sharif are falling, and even, like, I was thinking in my head, like, can we trade up for a player like Moody? But when you see the players that went between uh, 19 and 25, where we eventually picked, it seemed like none of the players I really wanted the Knicks to take really were taken there anyway. So to be able to move back and, like, use it acquired draft picks, I, I think that's a home run as far as, like, a front office is concerned. No, for sure, for sure. I think, you know, uh, past listeners will know that I, I, I was a big fan of Quentin, uh, Quentin Grimes, you know, uh, the tournament really set it off for me. Uh, I thought he had a great regular season, but when I saw him really elevate that Houston team to the final four, I thought, okay, this is a kid that could come into our program and uh, really help us today. Uh, the McBride pick was a little, you know, at the time for me was a little bit questionable. Can't lie. I said it multiple times. You know, the Sharif Cooper thing was, you know, it's always going to be in our mind. We got to see how he pans out in the league. But uh, Preston, you know, the Clippers, uh, gonna, he's gonna definitely going to see minutes with the Clippers. I think uh, definitely a lot of options there at 32. But, hey, I, I can't complain with McBride. Uh, definitely brings it on the defensive end. Uh, interesting to see how he develops in the future. But I, I don't know if he'll get any minutes with the full backcourt, um, you know, as far as the contracts, you know, that Leon signed this year, uh, Bono, how do you feel about the Evan Fournier contract? You know, four years, I believe, $78 million. Um, you know, pretty average on defense, but definitely his skill set on offense. It's something that we needed. Uh, what was your thoughts? Um, I would say in general, maybe a little bit of an overpay, but the, uh, the player option, that, like, made it a little bit better. But we really needed, like, a guy like Evan Fournier because so, – I think we were better than the Hawks last season. And what really killed us in the playoffs is we didn't have like a go-to shot creator. Right. Like someone who could score on the perimeter. And Evan Fournier is that guy. 
So he was worth the money, in my opinion, but. I agree with you there. I mean, yeah. I think that you said that the shot creation was clearly the thing that got exposed the most about our team and like bringing back Burks and quickly, like that's, you know, they're probably the two of the better guys at doing that on our team that helped, but you needed another extra piece to kind of take that burden off Randall and RJ next year to make the offense flow a little better, I think. So hopefully, like you said, he, he pans out. I mean, we only ended up paying him like, what is it? Like just six, yeah, yeah. Like starting, your average starting two guards. So it's not like some crazy overpay. There's a team option. I think it's a pretty good deal for us. Pretty good fit. Yeah, Delphine wasn't bad. For sure. Uh, what was your thoughts on, you know, uh, Mitchell Robinson not getting an extension? Uh, you know, Noel came in last year. Uh, stepped in for injured Mitch, uh, played very well. I was surprised he didn't make a defense, of all defensive team, you know, uh, the way the Knicks defensively, uh, you know, rallied around Noel. Um, what were your thoughts on, you know, the Mitch extension not happening? Um, I think it's bound to happen eventually, but Mitchell Robinson isn't someone who I would give, like, the max to, and he's not worth overpaying, in my opinion. Phenomenal athlete, great shot blocker, lob catcher, probably the best in the league. He broke Wilt's record for a reason. It was the field goal percentage, but mm-hmm. Nerlens Noel carried us on defense last year. I, I think he should have been like first team, maybe it's like deserve something. Definitely second team. I thought, you know, he didn't make second team. I thought that was insane. That was ridiculous. Yeah. I think he was like the only player in the NBA to average. It was some defensive stat where like two blocks and a steal, something like that. But yeah. And just like, I don't know. I think with him, he, him and Mitch in particular, like having that rim protection when you have your starting guards be Kemba Walker and Derek Rose, who just like, you know, they're not the greatest at staying in front of their man at this point <laughs> in their career. I mean, it's important to have big guys like that too. So, I mean, locking up Nerlens to a deal and you're not sure what you're going to do with Mitch yet. I mean, like you said, I think it's more than likely bound to happen with Mitch. It's just kind of a matter of how Mitch and his camp kind of play it. You know, it's, he's already been through a handful of agents and everything. Um, and I could see him wanting to get paid a larger amount than the Knicks are willing to pay him. Like you said, I don't think he's worth the overpay. So I think that made the Nerlens move like make more sense that if they're not sure what they're going to get out of Mitch. And I also think that like giving Mitch a year, say go out and prove it, like earn what you think you're worth. I think, you know, that's only going to drive him to be the best player he can be. And if you end up paying him another $2 million a year, because he went out and showed you that he is the player rather than just risking it on an overpay this year. I think you're better off going in with another year of information under your belt before making a commitment like that, at least. No, for sure. For sure. I think, you know, you know, Lee, I, to me, it was just surprising that, you know, with his checkbook open, you know, he didn't, at least you didn't hear, you know, with, uh, with the reporters, with the Knicks reporters that, you know, at least contract negotiations uh, were, you know, dying or, you know, up. That, that's kind of what I'm, I'm thinking is that there is can't, the Knicks reached out with their offer. It was probably similar to what Nerland's was. 
maybe a little higher. And they were so far apart that the conversation this offseason just really hasn't gone anywhere because neither team's really willing to come down from what they think they're worth right now. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, last Nick, I wanted to talk about, you know, for this offseason uh, is Campbell Walker. You know, Campbell Walker recently been, you know, Yankee Stadium taking pictures with a boogie, you know, really, you know, entrenched in, uh, you know, with the with the life in New York right now. Uh, you know, how, how much, you know, do you guys think Kemba has left in the tank? Because, you know, he didn't really play uh, last season, was injured most of his time in Boston. But this is the longest period of time he's been off. You can only imagine, like, right now he's 100% healthy and he's feeling as, you know, as good as he's felt in a long time. You can only imagine, right? But, uh, you know, a real question is with Derrick Rose coming back and him having an outstanding playoffs against the Hawks, uh, you know, time there with quickly, all that, like, you know, with how much – what do you guys think of his stats coming into next season? How do you guys feel? Uh, start, we, I guess we could start with you, Bono. I mean, Kemba's a skilled player. There's no doubt about that. Only question is uh, his health. And like you said, this is the longest time he's been off. So he's going to be 100% healthy. But obviously, we want the Knicks to win. We want Kemba to be healthy. He's going to be a big part of our team. I think we can let him sit back-to-back. Steve Rose can start in those games. We got quickly to be like Derek Rose's backup if Kemba's not playing. Um, Even Deuce plays some spot minutes too. Yeah, yeah. I think Deuce is going to be like mostly in the G League. But if Kemba's sitting out a game, throw Deuce. Right, in. right, right. But uh, I think Kemba's going to be huge for us. Great scorer, great facilitator. I agree. I mean, um, I, I agree with the point that you said about you know it's like the longest time he he's been off and everything, but. I am a little concerned about Kemba's health just in the fact that like everything that you read about it is that it's like the cartilage around his knees that's eroding and you know like knee cartilage just doesn't just like regrow as you get older and I mean I think he won't be asked to do quite as much as he was asked to do in Boston and I don't think he'll play back-to-backs and I don't think uh, Tibbs will have a problem, you know, like overplaying him D Rose. I think we'll probably see them each play about 22 minutes a game and whoever has the hot hand probably close it out. Um, but I think, you know, if Kemba is the player that Kemba can be, even if he's not playing back to back, he just, he opens up so much for the Knicks offense that wasn't there last year with uh, with uh, Alfred, just from his passing, his just ability to make people miss, to create for others, um, to, to shoot in at all, being <laughs> alone from three mid range. It just it's hard to picture at the price that we got him at at eight million a year. It's not like Knicks overpaying, you know, someone like we did in the past, all this money and. He was clearly washed up to bring in like Amari Stoudemire, who was great for like a year, but you know, you, you knew his knees were shot at that point, and he couldn't be like the lead player on your team making all that money. Like, you're bringing in Kemba to a team that was already a playoff team to a situation where he's not gonna be asked to be the best player on your team, so there's like minimal risk involved. And 
I just really don't see a situation outside of like him having a devastating like season ending injury where you could say that the signing was negative like in any way. No, for sure. No, I, I agree. And hopefully, you know, his signing really stands out, you know, during like game 50 or like game you know, 55 and we're fighting in the standings with the Heat and the Bulls. And, and you, know, you know, in games like that, tough games against the Heat, uh, like Bulls, Celtics, uh, you know, those upcoming wars, hopefully, you know, his skill set can really shine and bring something new to the table that Elford and uh, Bullock, you know, definitely got exposed in the playoffs, uh, you know, their deficiencies. Hopefully, you know, Kemba could alleviate some of that. Uh, Going to be interesting to see what Kemba brings to the Knicks for sure. Um, you know, next Nick I wanted to talk about was RJ. You know, RJ workout videos have been coming out recently. Uh, supposedly, you know, he's 6'8 now. Uh, looks even bigger than last year. He looked insane his rookie year. Like most, you know, most wing players are kind of skinny. Like he came in the league already yoked. Looked even more yoked. Uh, you know, watch out for the, the steroid tests. <laughs> they, they're going to have to check my board, but definitely looks like, uh, definitely looks like he's been putting in the work. Uh, Bono, like, how did you feel about, you know, RJ's development from his rookie to his second year, you know, with the three-point shot and everything? Uh, how did you feel about RJ uh, sophomore year? I mean, the jump was, like, incredible. RJ came in the year um, into the NBA, you know, they're all saying, oh, let him shoot. We can't shoot. Sophomore year comes around, 40% from three. That's an incredible jump. But he still has some weaknesses in his game. Like, his creation off the dribble in the mid-range, not the best right now, but I think he's been working on that in the summer. And if he can take a jump, like his three-point jump was last year, and, like, translate that to, like, his off-the-dribble game, he's going to be, like, an even better player. I can see him averaging – 22 to like 24 next season honestly he's gonna be a really scary player um and that random drug test it's gonna happen the guy's absolutely yoked now <laughs> no for sure uh, you know you know uh it's kind of crazy because i know i've been before i've compared them to like other duke wings you know like tatum and ingram and they really pop you know their third fourth year uh when giving the opportunity and uh, i i do see you know him I don't know if he'll be able to average 22 to 24 points. I know he definitely can and his he definitely can, but I don't know if he will be able to just because, you know, the addition with Kemba, you know, Randall's still going to, you know, get his isolation buckets uh, and, you know, other guys like Burks and Rose quickly, you know, quickly still, you know, a scorer at, at the end of the day. So, the 22 to 24 is definitely high, but he's definitely capable of doing it. And, and I definitely don't see Tibbs, you know, just handing over the keys to, to RJ. Not yet. Not completely yet, but yeah, I definitely see the potential to be there. I definitely do. Uh, Nolan, what's your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, like, like what I was saying, um, if, if he can make a leap even remotely close, because like I hate to even put that expectation on RJ to say like the leap he made from his three point shooting his first year to second year. Cause that leap was so big, but like, if you can make a leap like half that size and just his shot creation, you see how big he is and like how easy he's able to get to the rim. And yeah, he goes left a lot and Randall and him kind of had trouble with that in the playoffs is finishing at the right. But like, the stronger he gets, the less of a problem that's going to be for him. 
there's still some holes in this game. He does need to, like we said, work on his handle, work on his shot creation, pull up game a little bit. But I think, you know, we've talked about it on this pod before. His ceiling really is like as high as I think any player that was taken in the top three of that draft, including uh, Zion and Jaw, I think. So, I mean, you're continuing to see his body develop the way that you hoped it would. And I think, I think if he was on a team like the Timberwolves, you'd see him put up numbers closer to like what Anthony Edwards is, but they'd be a lot more inefficient, kind of like what we saw out of RJ his rookie year. Uh, I could see him this year averaging about 20 points a game and then hopefully on like really good efficiency just because he'll have better looks than he did last year and he'll hopefully just, you know, continue to improve. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes, but I'm expecting nothing but good things from RJ moving forward. How do you guys feel about workout videos? Like they get like you either love them or you hate them. I, I feel like, uh, you know, some guys, they overhype them. Some guys, they, they downplay them. I think there's, there's I think when you watch them, you have to pay attention on what they're working on. If they're doing the same thing that they do in the regular season, it's kind of for show. But if you actually see the guy, like, say, like, you see a big shooting on, working on his three and he's making a few of them in a row. Okay, that, that's something that you could, maybe I could see you using in the, in the regular season. But, uh, you know, the, the the Ben Simmons videos and, and all that stuff on Twitter, it, it's kind of annoying. Uh, how do you feel about that, Bono? The workout I, I hate videos. them. I think they're meaningless. I've seen videos of Steven Adams hitting like five threes in a row. Ben Simmons is a sniper in those gyms. They all NBA all NBA players, they're great in an open gym. They they all look yeah. like Michael Jordan, Kobe, LeBron. They all yeah. look like that in an open gym. So I want to see it in like the regular season. Do it on the NBA court, and then I'll uh, I'll respect it. But until then, the workout the workout vids mean nothing to me. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I've seen too many workout videos of Mitchell Robinson shooting threes and Dennis Smith Jr. looking like he had fixed his shot and just every possible stupid thing that you can see in a workout video thinking that, oh my God, this is the year that player X is going to take this leap just to be, see like, I don't think Mitch has ever even attempted a three in a regular no. season game. I think Tibbs <laughs> would bench him like for a <laughs> A week if he even tried to so like yeah i'm right there with you i don't think they mean anything really it's good to see players working it's cool but i mean outside of that it it, it it's meaningless in terms of like actual nba play no you know of course cool. oh go ahead go ahead i don't know if you guys have mitch on snapchat but i think before last season he was saying i'm gonna be pulling threes like steph this season he didn't attempt a single one but <laughs> I saw someone post that, like, like you know, they screenshotted it, tweeted it, but yeah, I don't, I don't follow what's up. This stuff's so funny. I wish, I would love to see it just, just one time. Just a three pointer. If this is like, yeah, yeah, like if, if this is Mitch's last season here, and it gets to the point where he knows he's not coming back. I just want to see him have one game where he goes out, and launches up some threes, just for, just for shits. Um, you know that Manute Bowl game where he pulls like five? Yeah. I need yeah. a game like that for Mitch. Exactly. That's exactly what I need. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. You, you, funny story. A few years ago, I think it was the first year Fisdale was coach. Yeah, it was yeah, it was the first year Fisdale was coach, and I had went to a, a preseason game. I guess it was against the Celtics. 
And it was that year, uh, you know, Isaiah Thomas had come back from his all-star year and he was coming back for like his second year. And uh, Kelly on Linux was working out. And I came to the game a little early. And number one, people don't realize how big these NBA players are. And, and you're right, uh, Bono. Like, these guys don't miss. He looked like Steph Curry out there. And he was shooting from, like, half court, like, elbow, deep elbow. Like, it, it's insane. Like, these guys, like, if they have, like, nobody guarding them, yeah, these guys are complete snipers. And it makes the, the workout videos completely worthless. I, I completely agree. Um Next topic, uh, you know, I wanted to bring up was, you know, the Eastern Conference, because, you know, years, you know, the West have always had this reputation that, you know, they're always tougher. It's always harder to get in the playoffs in the West. You know, if you're a ninth seed in the West, you're pretty much a third seed in the East, you know, all the disrespect back and forth. Uh, you know, we've seen for years, but, you know, it looks like, you know, the tables have turned because, you know, the Eastern Conference is, you know, definitely a, a gauntlet, you know, with the top, with the teams, you know, Philly, you know, Bucks, the Heat, you know, the Bulls made improvements, you know, we signed guys, you know, the Hornets are definitely looking to make another push, you know, the Pacers are, you know, with the addition with Rick Carlisle, I, I definitely don't see them taking, you know, their foot off the gas. Uh, you know, Bono, how do you feel about the Eastern Conference? And what teams do you feel like might take a fall, might take a leap? Like, I, I, how do you feel? Uh, it's definitely deeper than usual, but I'm still going to give the edge to the West, honestly. Oh, really? Um, yeah, like, the, I would say, like, the top teams in the East are better than the top teams in the West. But, the like, the bottom-tier teams in the West are better than the bottom-tier teams in the East. So, overall, I think the West is better. I agree with that. Uh, I think definitely depth-wise that the West is better. Um, yeah, like the Nets and the Bucks are probably. I mean, even the top, it's pretty even. Like the you can say the Nets are better. The Nets than, are stacked. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lakers. Are, I mean, it's not like they're a joke. It's not like Denver. Like, I mean, the Clippers don't have Paul George this year, which takes them a step back but I mean it's not like the top of the west this week either and I think you know there are there are still teams at the bottoms of each conference that are figuring it out but I mean I think like the youth movement in the NBA is about as strong as it's ever been yeah 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 no for sure no I, I, Nolan I think you hit it right on the head the league has never been as young as it's been like right now and you know and, and it's definitely as deep as it is right now like I, I guarantee, like, it was definitely way easier to make the league, you know, 15, 10 years ago than it is now. I mean, the, the 15 guy off the bench right now is probably starting, you know, 10 years ago, you know? And and I, definitely the, the talent leap has definitely one thing. But, you know, as far as teams, you know, in, in the Eastern Conference, uh, I definitely do see Philly uh, taking a little bit of a downhill, depending on how the Ben Simmons situation plays out. We got to see how that goes. Um, personally, I do think the Bulls got a little better. You know, me and Nolan, we're going to debate this the whole season, I feel like. But we're mm -hmm. going to see how the Bulls uh, – Yeah, how do you feel about the Bulls, Bono, with the addition of Lonzo, uh, DeRozan, uh, you know, Caruso, all those guys with the young core that they have already? Maybe – maybe I, I personally don't think we've seen the best of Zach Levine. I definitely – definitely see future MVP seasons out of him. How do you feel about the Bulls this upcoming season? I'm a fan of what they did. I'm a big Lonzo Ball fan. I think he's a great player and hasn't been utilized properly. 
but uh, DeRozan signing was great. Um, I don't think Zach Levine is going to be like an MVP caliber player, but 25 points will get him some all-star knots here and there. So we got Lonzo, uh, DeRozan, Levine. That's a nice big three. They can be like a four or five seed. That's nice for them. Um, yeah, I don't know. Great, great uh, offseason for them. Nolan, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, yeah, we talked about it a little bit before. Uh, I like what they did in terms of like they kind of just did what they had to do because they had to get better in order to keep Levine. I'm not the biggest fan of DeRozan at this age on that contract, but um, he does make them better, you know. Um, I think Levine is a really good player. I think um, that, like, what we saw from him this year from his three-point percentage, I think, like, that's legit. I don't think you're going to see much regression from him. I think, if anything, he's going to keep getting better. But I just really don't know how it all fits together. I really don't think the team is going to be a good defensive team. I don't think that they're – I just – I don't know. I don't think Vucevic – I think they overpaid a lot in getting Vucevic and traded away a lot of draft picks, and they don't have much room to get better from here. So, yeah, maybe, like you said, they're a 5-6 seed, and that's good, but I don't see them really contending in the East as, like, a top-tier team or anything like that. I see, but you know the only argument that yeah, I guess we're we're gonna have all year, I, for real, I do think Levine and you know the Rosen they can mimic. I'm gonna say they're gonna be the exact version, but they can mimic some version of Kawhi and Paul George, where you know they take turns uh, handling the offense. Uh, I think the Rosen showed the last few years that he's extremely uh, unselfish player. I think he's up to like seven, eight assists a game. Uh, you know, that pick and roll with him and Vooch uh, should be lethal. Defensively, I'll give you that. I have questions about them defensively. And the coach, I I, I don't like their coach at all. Um, he's, pretty, he's a head case, and I don't know if he's able to put all that together. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, and we look at this, and it's game four, it's 40 games into the season. And I'm eating my words, maybe, but we'll, we'll see about that. Um, another team in the Eastern Conference that I want to talk about was uh, Miami. You know, Miami uh, was the winner of the Kyle Lowry sweepstakes. Uh, we're able to add him to the mix. I believe they paid him three-year, $90 million, which is, you know, a lot of money. He's getting up there in age, but we'll see how that goes. They also, you know, add a little toughness with P.J. Tucker, uh, Morris Twin. Uh, they still have Bam. They gave Jimmy Butler a ridiculous extension. Got to see how that plays out with his age and uh, the style of play he plays, you know, see if he holds up. But uh, Bono, how'd you feel about Miami? Did they get better? Did they overpay? How do you feel about that, man? I think they got better, but they also overpaid. I think in this one season, they're going to like be better than what they have been past seasons. But the year after this and the year after that, they're going to be, they're going to be horrible. They're going to be shot. You're going to be paying Kyle Lowry. How old is he now? Like 36 or whatever? Yeah, he's like 35, 36, bro. Yeah. And then, like, in two years, he's going to be 38. Guy's going to be paying, like, 30 mil for that. Jimmy Butler's been on offensive downhill for a while now. You saw, like, those finals performances, extremely, like, inefficient. Um, 
Bam Adebayo is not that guy on offense yet. I love Bam Adebayo on defense. I love mm-hmm. defensive players, but he's not a guy who can like run your offense and like be your go-to score. I don't know who their go-to score is. And you need that in the NBA to be a legit contender. And they're lacking that. I agree with most of that. Um, I think I think Miami, they, they got better and they're going all in on like the final stretch of Jimmy Butler's career like, window here. So like in terms of that, if you're going to make that commitment to Jimmy Butler, which is like, it seemed pretty clear both sides wanted to do after reaching the, um, the finals two years ago, you know, it seemed like both sides were pretty committed to each other. Then yeah, all the moves make sense because they kind of line up in that, you know, you're not going to be, paying Kyle Lowry all this money after Jimmy Butler is gone or like vice versa. So, I mean, I think they're going to be better. I think that last year they got really unlucky with a lot of like injury COVID stuff, but I mean, a lot of teams did too. So it's, you know, you can't blame that, but I do think that adding Lowry helps their, helps them take that load on offense that you were just talking about and like kind of just diversify it so that, you know, if a play breaks down, you can get it. Kyle Lowry can get it to Jimmy. And if Jimmy can't get something, he can attack the rim, pass it back out to hero or Duncan or someone, or, you know, run a pick and roll with bam. And I mean, clearly like the talent level is there if everybody's healthy and can, I guess, kind of, you know, make the get hot at the right times, but I don't think they had enough continuity last season. And I mean, they ran into the eventual champions, which is just a pretty tall team to pretty tall task to, you know, beat. So, I mean, we'll see what happens this year, but I'm not counting them out of the Eastern conference at all. I think they have as good a shot as just about, any team outside of the Nets. Uh, I, I definitely think it's interesting with Miami because, man, because like, Miami seems like to never have cap space. Like, it doesn't really matter who's on their roster, what contracts they have on their roster. It seems like they're able to reset whenever they want to. Uh, remember, they didn't even have enough cap space to sign Jimmy Butler, and they were still able to get that done somehow. And then give Bam a max contract and then bring in Lowry. Like, it's you know, I hate Miami, but one thing I can't say about Miami, they have a good front office and they're able to maneuver around situations very well. Like them, the Lakers, like those guys never have cap space. Getting off that white side contract. Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. And, and you know, maybe next year, I, I do agree to Bono to some extent that, uh, you know, maybe next year is their peak. But, you know, history has shown that Miami can get off any situation, any situation. Um, you know, definitely another team I wanted to touch on real quick is the Celtics. I don't think a lot of people really talk about the Celtics. Um, definitely think the Celtics are going to be somewhat competitive. Uh, you know, Tate, I definitely do, do think, I definitely think Tatum understands that if the Celtics want any type of success this season, he needs to have, uh, an incredible MVP season. I think that's, uh, you would hope that's in his mind. Uh, definitely Jalen Brown should be coming back from his career high season. 
Uh, definitely interesting to see how they play together. But, you know, they still got good players. You know, they got, uh, you know, Time Lord. They got uh, Al Horford. They still got, they, you know, they signed Dennis, uh, Dennis Schroeder. People can say what they want, but, you know, he's definitely going to be able to help that team. Definitely going to be an upgrade. That's a value. That's a value contract. The yeah, they got him at. Yeah, exactly. So he's definitely going to be able to help them, you know, because Kemba barely played and they didn't have no point guard play uh, for majority of the season. So I definitely think that's something that people are not talking about. Um, they made that trade recently too. Yeah, and, and we were talking about, uh, you know, Wancho uh, and how you know his ability to stretch the floor is underrated, and he could definitely help. Uh, a team and you know, here he is with the Celtics uh you know ready to help but um definitely a team that nobody's talking about and I definitely think once the season starts rolling and they're winning a few games uh definitely a team that t- uh you know the media will be able to pick up and you know they're going to be uh, overhyping you know uh, how do you feel about you know what I just said I guess uh Bono I think people aren't talking about them for a reason I don't think they're that good Tatum's superstar but in this league, you can't just have one guy and have him just carry. Jalen Brown is nice too, but I don't really see the Celtics making any legit noise in the East. I, I, I can see your point. Nolan, how do you feel about that? Um, I'm in between the middle of you guys on this one. Uh, I think Brown and Tatum are good enough in the East that they're definitely going to get you to the playoffs. And once you're in the playoffs, um, you saw like the Knicks, for example, like your rotation really dwindles. So like a lot of their depth issues won't be as big of an issue. Um, I think the trade they made does help them. I think it makes a lot more sense for them than it did for Memphis. Cause I don't really understand what Memphis got out of that trade, but um being able to stretch the floor and then, you know, kind of uh, fill a hole as big is definitely makes them a better team. And, but I mean, I don't see them being really any better than last year. I think like seed wise in the regular season, I do think they have a better chance of winning a first round series just if both stars are healthy because if Brown and Tatum are healthy on your team, I mean, you have a chance to win four games out of seven, no matter who you're playing. But I, I still don't see them as legitimate contenders, which is kind of crazy thinking the, the whole ups and downs of the Celtics team since you know, Isaiah Thomas to Kyrie Irving to like all these different iterations of the Celtics teams that we've seen make the Eastern Conference Finals that you've never really seen them get past that is it's kind of an indictment on, you know, Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens and and Brad Stevens obviously is in a different role now, but we'll see how that all goes. I mean, his first move was to get rid of Kemba and bring in Al Horford. And maybe it makes more sense for that team. Maybe he knows more about their medical history than me. And maybe knows more about, you know, Kemba than obviously me, but I'm just kind of questioning where they got better. And the only thing that, like I said, 
gives me any optimism is that both their stars will be healthy throughout the whole year and they won't run into those issues like they did at the end of last season. Yeah, I won't say that you know they're gonna be Eastern Conference Finals guys. I'm just saying like right. you know yeah yeah like like they're going to be definitely going to be competitive. Definitely not going to be one of those teams in the East where we feel like you know we could whip them. Like we felt like with Atlanta, like we were whipping Atlanta, you know, most of the time last year. Um, I definitely do think Celtics are going to be a little bit more annoying than people think. I, and if you ask Nolan, I'm pretty optimistic about majority of the teams uh, right now, I guess. Right now, I'm pretty uh, optimistic, can't lie. Um, you know, uh, last uh, topic I wanted to talk about was, uh, you know, the Ben Simmons situation. I feel like we talk about Ben Simmons every pod, no? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> definitely, you know, the rumors to him in Minnesota have been rumbling. Um, you know, I definitely, I saw a package like, you know, Malik Beasley and like, Vanderbilt, uh, I, I forgot his name, but, you know, some pieces and draft picks and constant, con whatever, you know, pieces to give to uh, Philly. But I don't think that package is big enough uh, for a big fish like big Ben Simmons. I definitely think, you know, one of those guys are going to be in the deal, whether it's, you know, uh, D'Lo or, you know, Edwards, uh, you know, one of those guys are going to be in the deal. But, you know, as far as, you know, Twitter hype, uh, you know, a, you know, a team made up, you know, Towns, D'Lo, Simmons, and Edwards, you know, it seems like a very talented team, you know, playing fantasy basketball, you know, how, you know, if they were in a magical realm, able to get that trade done and have those four guys on the squad, uh, how far does that team take you? Like, how far? Because that's a pretty deep team and that's a pretty talented team, pretty young. But, you know, uh, Bono, how do you feel about all that stuff? If they could somehow get Simmons without giving up any of their core guys, it's like Tilo, Edwards, Cat. Respect to them, but it would really depend on like how they use Ben Simmons because when Ben Simmons is on the court, you play four and five on offense. If he's not passing the rock, you just don't guard him because he doesn't attempt a shot. Uh, we saw that in the uh, Atlanta series. Guy attempted like three shots the entire fourth quarter. Um. But I would say it really depends how they use them. I would say maybe use them like as a power forward guy, set screens and then catch lobs on offense, bring the ball up. And if it's transition, yeah, be a point guard, make a pass. But I don't want them like running my offense in the half court. Because in the half court. Draymond role type of thing. Yeah, kind of like that. But at least Draymond will like kind of attempt the shot. Yeah, him yeah. It's just like a coward when it comes to it. Yeah, and it's sad to see because, like, I never, you know, expected Ben Simmons to be a great three-point shooter, but I don't think anybody ever expected him to not attempt shooting threes. And even just to see his lack of aggression around the rim dwindle in this past postseason specifically in Atlanta, like, that was, like, because you can be a good defender and, like, someone who just attacks the bucket like he did his first few years you know he was like all-star borderline all-star for a few of those years but if you're losing your confidence to the ability or to the point that you're losing your like some of your strengths and you know like maybe like a reset happens where he does get traded and like just that mental reset is enough to kind of get him back on track but i i don't see any way that, that trade can happen 
without the third team being involved where that the Sixers get some win now player because they're they're they just can't get rid of Simmons and you know bring in draft picks and like Malik most or whatever his name is what was his who's the shooter Blake from Beasley. Blake Beasley that's the name yeah like uh, it just they're not gonna go for that no matter how desperate they get I think they go through the season as is before they take a deal like that so I mean if it happened I think their ceiling is still kind of limited just because I really don't know how good Cat is on the defensive end and I love him as like a skilled player on offense and D'Lo I'm not really a fan of but if he's playing more of like if him and Ben are sharing like the offensive load and he plays a little bit more of an off ball I can see that kind of working same with uh, Edwards but I still think that West is so deep that maybe in like two, three years, that team makes some noise, but I think they'd still probably be best a second round exit in the West if they made that trade happen like today. Uh, and I feel like people don't really blame, uh, you know, they don't really look at Tobias Harris, you know, he's getting paid max contracts to be, you know, your main perimeter scorer. And, you know, he kind of disappeared against the Hawks, you know, got outplayed by Herder. Um, got outplayed by you know Cam. Uh, Cam Reddish came in, you know, lighted up, you know, performed way better than Tobias Harris at times. I just feel like, you know, a lot of the blame, you know, because of those big moments, he definitely, uh, definitely got a lot of the blame. Ben Simmons, and also, you know, that play when he gave up the layup, like you know, you, right? Was it like he didn't want to get blocked from behind and he passed the ball to Thibault? It's like. You know, there's a lot of things running through your head. Like, you know, it's game seven. You know, you haven't made a free throw in how long? You're not trying to get you're not trying to get fouled. It's a lot of stuff running through his mind. And, you know, no excuses, you know, because you know, he is the number one draft pick. He is, you know, a star in his league. He made multiple uh all, you know, all NBAs. So, you know, he is a talented player, no excuses. But I don't think people give I don't think people, you know, look at the other parts of that team uh, for blame, and and I don't think it's a smart thing for them to bring in. You know, I, I honestly don't think it's a smart thing for them to hold Ben Simmons into uh, training camp and all that tension. I because you got to think, you know, they have they have aspirations to be a championship team, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know how that goes. Uh, you know, the Fox rumors have definitely been a thing that me and Nolan has spoke about. And uh, I definitely think that's a good thing for both teams. I definitely think Fox is tired of the bullshit going on in Sacramento. And, uh, you know, with those guys, uh, with Halliburton, uh, Heald, you know, Rashard Holmes, you know, maybe Simmons could create his own thing in Sacramento. I definitely think so a fresh you, start. If you're, if you're the Sixers, do you even do Fox for Simmons straight up? If maybe I'm not Philly, straight yeah. Yeah, if I'm Philly, yeah, yeah, definitely if I'm Philly. I don't know if I'm Philly. Just, yeah. I don't think – I don't know. I don't think Fox is, like, that great of a shooter. And like, I don't think he – like, the biggest problem to me with them is spacing. And if he's going to come in and just kind of be, you know, 
just uh, I don't know what you call like a prototypical like Thibodeau point guard who just like attacks the rim and is willing to shoot. Like, yeah, that helps and stuff. But Ben Simmons, like we said, is a really good player and he's a slightly better fit, but I don't think he the timeline matches up with Embiid enough to make that work. Because I think Embiid's career is going to be relatively short given his injury history, big man playing through injuries and playoffs and stuff. I think they need to win in the next two to three years or their window is going to be kind of closed. You know, you know, funny thing about Embiid, uh, you know, uh, you know, throughout the years, you know, guys, they, you know, the debate is, you know, if you were going to break up that duo, who are you picking, you know, who are you staying with? And, you know, I've I've always been a huge Ben Simmons fan and, you know, his skill set on the court. But, you know, this definitely, you know, you see the Sixers pick Embiid over Simmons. Uh, you know, Embiid has definitely been nuclear uh, for the Sixers. But, uh, yeah, interesting to see that. And, you know, the, with the extension and everything. Well, where the Sixers messed up is where they – a, I think the trade for Tobias Harris was stupid because they had to give up too much to get him. Yeah, yeah, I didn't like that trade at But all. then they let Jimmy walk instead of Simmons or Toby. And, like, I'm not saying that keeping him wins them a ring or anything for certain, but it definitely took them back and it forced them into a situation where because they gave up so much for Tobias Harris that they had to pay him a max contract. And all the people complaining about Julius Randle getting his money and then go take a look at Tobias Harris' contract because it's he's getting bid more than Jules, and he has not lived up to that whatsoever. He's a solid player, but he didn't even make an all-star team this year. I mean, he's good, but like you said, he's – he didn't step up them in the playoffs and that really wasn't talked about a lot. And I, and I don't know how people feel in PA, but I definitely think that year with Butler and Tobias Simmons and Embiid, you know, that Kawhi shot, I definitely think that year was um their year to win the chip. Definitely. Yeah. I thought that year, this year, if they would have, um, if Embiid was fully healthy, I thought they had a real shot. Definitely. That, that team was loaded. Like, and they could have competed with a healthy Golden State team. Like, you know, they, they, they were loaded and defensively, you know, they could have did some things. But, you know, it doesn't always work out uh, with that. Uh, Bono, what, what's your final thoughts on that? Um, if I'm Philly, I'm training Ben Simmons as soon as possible. I'm hearing reports he's not even, like, considering, like, putting on a jersey for them. Yeah. So I would settle for something low. But also, like, if I'm Ben Simmons – you got LeBron comparisons out of high school. And now the fact that like people are even considering you from Malik Beasley, I just kind of sad. Like take a look in the mm. mirror and like work on your great work on your game. Like, how'd you get it? How'd you let it get this bad? I always say this, but I feel like it got that bad because no one ever like criticized his shot. Cause everybody was so worried about Fult shot. <laughs> You're all just like, Oh, like, this dude shots broken. He's a guard. Simmons, ah, he'll figure it out. You know, he can do it. Look at all the good things he can do right now. And then by the time Fultz was gone, people realized Simmons' problem was even bigger than they thought. And he kind of coddled them. And now they're just in a really tough situation. 
I like that hook shot he does though. Yeah, yeah he's got a little hook. <laughs> you know, you know, even though like we said before, you know, the talent in the league is, you know, incredible today. Definitely, you know, one thing, you know, Charlie Barkley, he said, you know, this generation is soft. You know, his rookie year, he was 300 pounds. And Moses, Moses, uh, Moses Malone told him, like, man, you can't you're never going to be a star in this league if you're 300 pounds, you know, slowly but surely started working his way down. And I think, you know, veterans like that you know, that tough love, I think that's something that Ben Simmons didn't have because he was, uh, you know, the, the the number one high school recruit, the number one college guy, number one draft pick. So I don't I don't know how much, you know, tough love that he got. You know, I definitely agree with you. He definitely has to look himself in the face because if your trade value was Malik Beasley, who just, you know, got who just got released from jail. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, bro. I don't know. I don't know. I think Jimmy Butler could have been that tough love guy for him, though. And they really messed up letting Jimmy walk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's where it all went wrong. Yeah. No, I, um, I agree more. Last few moves I want to talk about just real quick before we get off um, the smaller moves around the league that still happen is um, looks like Paul Millsap is headed to the Nets. So um, that gives them an improvement over DeAndre Jordan. I guess who's now being traded and bought out uh still have like what Millsap, Claxton, Aldridge and Okafor I guess is their like big rotation shout out Okafor yeah and and (laughs) shout out Aldridge because I was I was bummed that Aldridge had to end his career and I'm just like really happy to see that it sounds like he'll be able to come back again so I'm, I'm happy for him and I'm excited for that for sure now the Paul Millsap thing was you know interesting uh you know he didn't get picked up you know in free agency I thought he was a very helpful piece you know to Denver's success uh surprising you know a team you know like the Bucks or you know a team that's already contending then you know didn't pick him up uh but you know I definitely think he will help the Nets I don't know how much he'll play or with the big uh with the big man situation that they got but I definitely you know out of all those big men that they have I definitely think uh Claxton is their yeah. best uh, defensive big man be able to roll to the rim? Uh, they, and he's able to, you know, guard the smaller guys. He's, he's very uh, quick on his feet. So, because uh, he actually him. has working knees, unlike everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's one thing that really, you know, pops out in the next game. Like, man, this guy, his knees work. This center uh-huh. knees work. Man, like, yeah, definitely, definitely, for sure. Uh, and DeAndre Jordan to the Lakers. I think, you know, me and my dad were literally just talking about this last night. Uh, I don't understand, like, how he still has a job in the league. It's, just, it's, it's him and Whiteside, like, two guys who just got extremely paid off their athleticism in their early 20s and are pretty much living life now and uh, collecting checks in the NBA. I don't know how much DeAndre Jordan is going to help the Lakers, but, hey, the more the merrier. Got to be more than Andre Drummond, maybe? Probably uh, I'll say so. Yeah, I mean, it's a, at least like a SWAT. Like a, you know, even, <laughs> I don't think either of them are that good. Yo, what but, team does Drummond play for? Again, I, I honestly who, don't know. What team did he sign to? Wait, who? Hassan? Drummond. Drummond? Uh, Wasn't <laughs> no it Philly? Idea. Wasn't it Philly? <laughs> is Drummond in Philly now? Oh, he is. Yeah, yeah. he is in Philly. Yeah. He's in Philly. <laughs> I, I, don't, about I, don't know how, I don't know how he ended up in Philly, but he's in Philly. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Um, also, 
Did you see Taco Fall is in Cleveland? Yeah, he's in Cleveland. <laughs> with Markinen, Love, Mobley, and Allen. Like, That's a lineup I want to see. Yeah, I want to put all five. I want to see Point Taco. Yeah, Point Taco. <laughs> <laughs> Shooting guard marking in. I don't know. Make, make it happen. Man, they're going to be terrible defensively. They got two midgets in the backcourt. Marketing who doesn't can guard That's nobody. They got to make up for all that size with all these big men. It's all about averages. <laughs> that the size got to average right on your uh, team, right? Yeah. And, and, and analytics, bro. And the Okoro pick. <laughs> We got to see how he develops, but I don't know about him. Yeah. The, the cat, I don't know. The cat. Like you like him? I, I don't yeah. know. I, I just I think he's solid. Mm-hmm. I'm a defense guy, so. But can he score, though? I don't know if he could score on me. I don't know. I don't know if he could score the ball, bro. Like It's not really a score, but. Yeah, it's not a strength, but. It's not bad, but. I, I like to have my three to be able to at least average at least 12 points a game if he's starting on my team. For, like, maybe I in the, that, yeah. you know, maybe in the future he does, you know, develop some type of, you know, offensive skill set. But, you know, right now he, he. He kind of, you know, he's kind of like to me a, a replica, uh, a replica of uh, Michael Gilgis. Uh, I forgot. MKG. Uh, yeah, yeah, MKG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him, him. He's similar built, athletic, could guard multiple positions, but I don't know how much offense you're gonna get from this guy. Just I don't know, but yeah, the Cavs are definitely are, are in a pickle for sure. For sure. Shout um, out to MKG, former Nick. Yeah. yeah man. <laughs> shout out, man. shout out to the once shout out Nick, to, always a Nick. Exactly. Yeah. Shout no out matter to how man. how little time. Definitely, definitely. Um. Yeah. I guess we could just end the pod right here. Shout, yeah. shout out to Bono for coming on, man. We appreciate you. Make sure to follow him on Twitter. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, his Twitter will be in the description with me and Nolan's. Uh, make sure to check out the Corner Three Pod. Uh, on uh, Twitter and the website where we have all our pods and articles uh, coming up for the season as well. Definitely, um, definitely going to get articles, guys, out to you during the season. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I believe episode, like, 27 or 20, I don't even know, but it's yeah. only- Is there anything you want to plug before you get off, man? Um, if any NBA team is listening right now, sign Frank Nilakina. <laughs> oh man shout out to frank man yeah, yeah, free frank free frank man free and free Knox, man hopefully he gets to shine this season definitely man definitely yes sir definitely. Well, hey man it's good having you on yeah thanks for having me yeah it was a good time